0: Welcome to New Destiny Christian Center's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor David Verdecchio. If you'd like to find more information about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com. Amen. So what is the word of the year for 2022? Activation. And we're activation. We're activating to activate. Okay, we're activating the things of God. We're activating things in our life. Activation is the process of making active. All right? You're taking something that is dormant and you're causing it to begin to become active to do something. Okay? Activation is a process. Amen. I know you, you, you think like Frankenstein and the lightning's going to hit the electrodes and all of a sudden that thing's going to come to life on you. But activation is a process, like most good things in life. It's a process. Your job is to prepare and ready yourself. Amen. You have a a part in activation. Your part is you have to be ready. You have to be prepared. You have to be set up. You have to be ready inside your spirit. Right. That's why praying in tongues is so important. People say, well, when God tells me to do something, I'll start praying in tongues. Hey, you missed it pray in tongues now so that when God tells you, you've already built yourself up and you're ready to move. Okay, our job is to identify and put you in the place that when you're activated, you can begin to move into it. And together in that process, we create activation in the body of Christ. Activation catapults you out of stagnation. But the question that I'm going to be asking you for the next several weeks and really throughout the year is, what are you wanting to activate in your life this year? If you don't know, then it probably won't happen. Okay? What are you wanting to activate? You should have some things that you are praying over. Pastor Teresa, by the Spirit of God, was talking and prophesying and showing you how you... Prophesy. Well prophecy is part of activation. So how do you how do you prophesy? Amen. I, I was thinking about Monique. Monique's believing God for a house. I'm believing with her. Many of you that are believing for a house. How do you prophesy? What do you do? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I'm not a renter anymore, but you're going to cause me to do what needs to happen in my life so that I can have a house. Father, I want a key. I want that key to open a door. I want that door to be something that I own, Father. I prophesy. I believe. I want dirt. I own dirt. I own dirt, Father. I own all that dirt around my house in the name of Jesus. And you begin to prophesy. You begin to speak and see. you're wanting to activate something in your life. Prophecy is a big part of that maybe it's in the things of God, maybe you're called and you believe that you're supposed to go overseas Father I thank you, first of all they lift all these bands, that God I can begin to go to foreign nations and walk foreign soil, that when I go I'm not there as a tourist, I'm not just carrying a suitcase for the sake of doing it I don't just want a stamp and a passport book, but Father in Jesus name you send me to save souls around the earth, so Father in Jesus name do in me what needs to be done in this time, in this pause, that you do in me what needs to be done to make me effective and you send me in Jesus name. See so you prophesy what you want to activate. You begin to speak to those things but you've got to speak them in such a way that there's an authority that comes out. Prophecy should begin to move you to step forth into something. Now let me tell you what prophecy's not. Oh, Father if it's your will I just I hope, I hope, I hope Father Oh, I mean you sound like Eeyore. (laughs) Prophesy to your circumstances. When I prophesy to circumstances, something inside of me just begins to just begins to move, begins to stir on the inside. Prophecy should do something. So the word of the year is activation, right? Last week we talked about aspiration. right. Right? To aspire. There's a strong desire to achieve something high or great. There must be aspiration for you to be able to step into the things of God. There has to be some desire to be used by God. That's what aspiration is. You've got to dream big. God spoke to me last year, the thing he kept pounding me in the head with, and he's been some more this year, is you've got to dream bigger. You've got to believe bigger. You know, as Christians sometimes, you you know, God puts us up to the Red Sea and we're like, well, I wish it was just a stream that I could walk across. God puts you in a place because he wants you to begin to dream bigger. Father, on the other side of the uh, the, uh, the Red Sea, over there, Father, that's where I'm supposed to be. So God, do whatever you've got to do. And you begin to believe bigger, believe stronger. Aspiration, right? We talked about how he gave them the authority to do it, he gave them the power to do it, and then they went and did it. Amen, I'm moving through this a little bit quick because we're a little, a little shorter on time. When God shows up, amen, we don't mind. but So today's word is the C, AC, right? So today's word is commission. Commission. The act of granting certain powers or the authority to carry out a particular task or duty. Like a commissioning, right? In, in America we have ambassadors that go to foreign countries. Okay, so there's, there's an ambassador to, say, Germany. And that ambassador was commissioned to do business for the President of the United States in Germany. He is the local voice for the President in that country. He's been given certain authorities. The authority's not his. He's been lent the authority to do what needs to be done to speak for our country and that nation. Okay, so as Christians, we've been commissioned. Matthew 28, verse number 18. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, this is post-resurrection, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. So what Jesus is saying is, All authority... God took all of his authority, he gave it to me. I now have all authority, not some. He has all authority. And in verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Right? It's not your authority, it's his authority That has been given to you to operate the way he wants it done. Are you following me? Too many Christians think somehow they just, whatever they want, whatever they desire. There's There's a giving of authority, a lending of authority that Jesus gave us. It says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. Okay, so Jesus, once again, he's saying, I have been given all authority. Now I am telling you what I want you to do. Okay, an ambassador in the natural, the president or the State Department through the president says, this is what I want you to do in your country. This is what I want you to tell the leaders. This is what I want you to say to them. This is how I want you to negotiate. And that ambassador who was commissioned has to convey that message. Am I making sense? Okay. My, my birthday's coming up, and I need to get a, a new driver's license. Right? I gotta, I gotta you know, go through the process to be able to get a new driver's license. Now, someone with authority in that area has been given the ability to grant me permission... To get a new driver's license as long as I meet certain conditions. Or are you following me? Right? So somewhere along the line, there's somebody that has the authority to say, yes, he's met the conditions, he can have a driver's license. Now that person has the authority to grant me that right. He doesn't have the authority to tell me I can carry a gun. He only has authority in the area that he or she has been given are are you following me okay we have authority in the kingdom where he's given it to us we haven't been granted all authority we've been granted authority where it's been given to us okay so all authority came to him And then he commissions us to do things. When I got uh, called into the ministry, we'll just use when I came under Apostle Joe. When I came under Apostle Joe 11, 12 years ago, somewhere in there, um, we we went to a service. And in that service, Apostle Joe brought my wife and myself up and he had a few other members uh, of apostolic ministry that were there with him and they laid hands on us, and they commissioned us to do a work in this area. They took authority that they had been given, and they placed it upon us and said, we commission you to go. Now, we had already started a work, different things that happened in there, but there was a commissioning that took place. Now, how many know what a GPS is? Right? I, we used to have it the old-fashioned GPS. It's funny when you say old-fashioned. It was like all about five years ago. Right? The old-fashioned GPS. Right? I mean, I still remember going around with a... <laughs> you know, you didn't have a thing going, in 10 miles, get on to I-79, you know? You had to have a map. And and you had to have somebody sitting next to you. Hopefully, you go, make sure you watch for that sign. Are you watching for that sign? You gotta watch for that. If we miss it. I, we gotta watch for that sign, right? Because you're folding the map. Anyway, you mostly anyway. So... So GPS, Global Positioning Satellite, right? That's what it means. Now, how does a global, and I'm not going to get into the details, basically how does a a GPS work, okay? There's a map that's embedded there somewhere electronically, somewhere in the blogosphere, somewhere there's a map that's embedded in there, right? And what a GPS does is it marks two places. It marks where you want to go and where you're at. And it's smart enough that when you're moving, it's following along, right? So those two points are important. Where are you trying to get to and where are you at? Well, in the kingdom and in your commissioning to go and preach the gospel throughout the world, there is a goal of seeing souls saved. And then there's where you're at. If you can know where you're at, it can lead you to where you're trying to get to. Does that make sense? But without knowing where you're at, you could be the best map reader in the world. But if you don't have a, you are here, then you'll never get to where you're trying to go. Knowing where you're at in the spirit and spiritual things in your life is important. But I'm going to go back to a house. If your desire is to own a house, you have to know where you're at in that process or you'll never get there. You have to know where you're at. How much money do you have? How much money do you need? Where's your credit look like? All the different steps that have to... So you don't get to bypass those. Faith doesn't bypass those things. Right? You, you still have to run those processes. I can't tell you how many people say, well, Pastor, I want to buy a house. And I'll tell them... Talk to a real estate agent. They're going to put you in touch with a finance person that's going to tell you what you need to do. I'm scared to do that. What you're saying is you're scared to find out where you're at. Right? You need that person to identify. So there's a GPS that God gave us to know where we're at in relation to the Great Commission so that we can be activated in the Great Commission. Okay. The G is for go. Not global, go. You cannot take go out of the Great Commission. Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's the Great Commission. It was given to all believers. On that day, Jesus said, go ye. He said, you have to go. It was a commissioning. Now, if you don't operate in the commission that God gave you, that's between you and him. But I probably wouldn't ask him a whole lot for more. The world is lost in dying and going to hell, and most of the church, at least in America, is asleep and praying that God would give them stuff, and then instead of praying that God would let them go. I'm sorry, I can't preach about commissioning without stepping on a few toes. It's cold out. I hope you wore steel toe boots. Go. You cannot take the go out of the gospel. You can't take go out of God. It's two-thirds of his name. Jesus did not say, create the right atmosphere within the church with the right kind of music and the right kind of seats and the right kind of teaching programs. If you create the atmosphere, they'll come. Find me that in the Word. I'm not saying that some of those principles aren't good. That's not in the Word. You have to go. We have to go. You have to go. You have to go. You have to go go and tell people about Jesus. That's the way that it works. If your hope is that we're going to install a fog machine and fancy lights to make it look like a concert because then people will feel comfortable because we no longer preach the truth, then they'll come. That's not the way that it works. Go is a measurable thing. In order for me to come here this morning, I had to get up, get ready, start my truck, start it again (laughs) because it was 9 degrees out this morning. I had to put forth an effort, and the fact that I am here is evidence that I went. And I'm not too complicated, right? right? The fact that you are here in this building shows me that you left your house, your job, wherever you were before you, you, you went, and you are now here. It's measurable, is what I'm trying to say. Right? It's evident. It's obvious. God's not sitting in heaven going, hey, hey, Gabriel, um, are they going out and doing the gospel? I'm not quite sure. I mean, I, I think they might be. Maybe we need a grade on a curve. Right? Go is something that's, you know, if you're going, you know, if you are going and operating in the Great Commission. You might be able to fool me I might come up to you and say Did you witness this week? Oh pastor yes I did How did it go? Oh it was so wonderful You can fool me But you can't fool him And you certainly can't fool yourself Go Go Get out of your house Get out of your church And go Is that making sense? Okay, I'm not done on this point. Jesus said, go ye, not pray and see. Are you following me? Jesus said, go ye, not pray and see. What do I mean by that? How often doors open and we say, I'm going to pray about it. Oh, I got to dig a hole right here. I gotta dig a hole, all right? I gotta get the shovel out. We miss opportunities. Okay, when 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 we moved here, God told me when I first got born again, God said, I will send you back to the land that you came for, and you were pastor of church. I grew up in Ridley Township. Always felt that God had called me to this area, to the Delaware County area. I've always known that God wanted to do it. There came a point in time where God said, It is time for you to go. We were in Louisiana. Our pastors at the time, they laid their hands on us, they sent us, we came here, we started a church, we were, we were meeting in our home in Ridley Park. We, we were gathering there in the living room, we had 12 people, counting all the kids, right? We, we, we were beginning to do a work, and one day I got a phone call from, from a guy, he was an acquaintance, somebody I didn't know very well, he had a church in the Northeast, and he said, do you want my church? And I went, huh? Odd question, right? And he said, do you want my church? I said, what's going on? What what do you mean? He said, look, my daughter's sick. They were from Arizona. He said, my daughter's sick. We need to go home so she can get treatment. So uh, I started this work, and if you want it, it's yours. You can come in and begin to take it over and do the work for God there. And I said, well, when is all this happening? He goes, well, I'm leaving tomorrow. I said, (laughs) tomorrow? I said, well, what if if I don't take it? He said, well, I'm going either way. I'll just lock the door and that'll be it. And so I told my wife, I said, well, I just got a phone call, you know, and this guy, I said, just just a handful of people, but he's, he's got this work going, he's got a building and all the little things that are going on there, and, you know, he kind of misrepresented what he had a little bit, but that's besides the point. And he, he said, you know, he asked if I wanted, it. And, and so we did what you're supposed to do. We called the headship that we had at that time. We, we, we prayed. We did those things, uh, you know, because you have to get wisdom. That's right, that's right. You have to get wisdom. Please don't just, you know, lock your doors and, and move to Albania and start a church. You got to get. You got to be commissioned for that, okay? But anyway, so we asked our, our our pastors at the time. We asked the people that were over us, and, and and we prayed. And God said, with a holy angel, that came down in the middle of the night, <laughs> that we were to go. And so there was no doubt. It didn't work that way. We called. We asked, and our and our headship said. Well, pray and ask God. So they gave us a yellow light. Not a red light, not a green light. So then we went to prayer, because that's that's what we do. And and we said, Well, we prayed and we had all the reasons why it wasn't a good idea. It was a long way from our home. God never called us to go to the northeast. We've never passed it in the Northeast. Never, I'd never really been there that much. I mean, I've been there, but I mean, you know, it kind of wasn't. i was from down here, not up there. You know, we, we had, you know, we had no idea what we were supposed to do, and we prayed, and what we got was not a yes and not a no. And we had a whole 24 hours to do all this because the door opened. And we knew it was getting ready to close. And so she looked at me and said, well, what do you think? I said, well, it doesn't make sense, but it's an open door. Let's walk through it. What do you think? Well, if that's what you think, let's go ahead and do it. We did everything you had to do and started driving. A Wednesday night service in the Northeast when you live down here during rush hour, that's a long drive. But we, we did. We said, okay, God, we didn't hear a yes, we didn't hear a no, but we see an open door, we're going to step through it. Thank God we did. God did so many things in there. He taught me so much. I needed that time. It's where we got Pastor Nancy and, and Angel came into the church at that time. And so, so so much of our influence that we even have in the city was because of that time and that season that we had and different things that were going on the door opened we prayed I'm never gonna tell you don't pray but when we didn't get an answer we said well it's an open door let's go let's make it happen how many opportunities do we miss because the door opens and we say well I'll pray about it now don't get me wrong there are some things you better pray about there are some things you really just are praying God do I want to be lazy Do I want to be selfish, or do I want to obey? I told you I was gonna dig a hole. Go doesn't always make sense in the natural. Made no sense for us to go to Northeast. You You know what made even less sense for us to move from Louisiana to here? That made zero sense. That made zero sense. Louisiana, on our house that we owned in Louisiana, Our yearly taxes, get this now, our yearly taxes on our house was like $280 a year. We were doing well in Louisiana. For the first time in our lives, we had a little bit of money because God opened up real estate. We were buying houses and we were flipping them and we had apartments. And and for the first time in our lives, we could actually eat like real food, not beans and rice. It was wonderful. We had, we had position in the church we were in. We were associate pastors. We had a lot of relationships and friends that we liked. We were building a lot. I mean, everything was going good. And God said, time to go. It made no sense in, in, in the, it, it, it's cheap to live there. It's a lot more expensive to live here. Okay, I'll make it real simple for you. So we were going from cheap and had plenty to expensive and had not even a job. But God said to go. You cannot make sense always out of what God's telling you to do. We miss opportunities sometimes by doing that. I've said before, thank God. I wouldn't have met all of you. I wouldn't be doing what God's wanting me to do here. Was it a risk? Oh, you can never take risk out of obeying God either. But God says go. He says go it's part of the great commission how many doors closed because of delay that's not just in the gospel how many business opportunities if you would have just responded would you be in a different position if you'd have just done it how many opportunities are missed because we can't figure out in our head there was a a guy that i met him a couple times but he was a part of the fellowship that we were a part of years ago. And they were at a conference. It was a, it was a conference of pastors. There was pastors from all over the place that were there. And he was a teacher. And he had gone to the conference with another friend of his who, who was also a teacher. They taught here in America. And uh, at the conference, they had a guy that stood up. And he said, there is an opportunity. Now, this was like 25 years ago, maybe 30 years ago. At this conference, a man stood up and he said, there is an opportunity right now. That in China they need teachers that will teach English and if we have teachers that are certified teachers in America that will go and teach English in China they'll let you teach and they don't even care what you teach as long as you're teaching them English and these two teachers that were both at the conference they were both men they were teachers they were high school teachers and they looked at each other, and one said, I can't. The other one said, I can't wait to go. He went to China, and he began to tell these stories how he would go, and he would teach English, and he would tell them, here's what I'm going to teach you today, salvation. I'm going to teach you about Jesus. They were way back in this rural area. It was rough. It was different. He talked about all the, it messes your system up for a while and everything. You know, you're eating things that, Mm, scary. I think that thing used to be crawling under the house the other day. Now it's it's on my plate. But, I mean, you just mix it with some rice and believe God. But he said he just, he stepped into this thing. He saw God do so many things. Today he's still preaching all over the place, traveling the world, doing great missions work. The other guy retired as a teacher, which isn't bad, but he never had that kind of influence. How many opportunities do we miss? Do we miss? Because we're trying to make sense of it. And this guy was married and had young kids at the time, but they went anyway. How many souls are lost because we want comfort more than obedience? GPS, the G is go. The P is preach. 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 Come on, now you're supposed to preach. 1 Corinthians nine sixteen: For I preach the gospel. I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is me. If I do not preach the gospel. Yeah. Preach. preach. What is preaching? Preach. <laughs> preach is, is when you put something behind it. Preaching is proclamation. Yeah. proclamation. To proclaim. That's right. Preaching being, brings people to a place of decision. Yeah. Preaching's a little bit of passion that's in there. Yeah. Something that you're passionate about. Like, I'm not passionate about sewing. So if I were to talk to you about sewing, so do you like to sew? You, oh, you like to sew. I do. Right, so to you, when you're talking about sewing, you begin to talk about the yard and the different size needles and you, you crochet and you, you tie butterfly knots. I don't know what you do, right? I, there's not a whole lot of passion that I can have in there. There are other things that I enjoy doing that when I talk about them, that gets a little bit of an excitement to me. I start, You know, it starts getting those things going, and I can proclaim what I like, what I want, right? What I, it just begins to do something, right? If you talk about the Cowboys, I go, eh. Right? But if you talk about the Eagles, I get a little bit of a jump in me. I say, hey, I like the Eagles. They're fun. Yeah, they've been a bad year. Yeah, I know, but it was still fun. I sure like them. Still like green. Can't help it. There's, there's, a, there's a something there. See, when you proclaim the gospel, right? That doesn't mean, well, you know, Jesus loves you. I'm a Muslim. Oh, there are probably many ways to get there. Don't worry about that. There's no proclamation in that. To proclaim the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's good news. It's good news. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. I don't believe that. Oh, I know you don't. But I'm telling you, you're going to run into a time in your life where Jesus is going to become real. You're going to find yourself in a hole and in a pit. You're not going to know how you get there. You're not going to how to get out of it. You're not going to understand. But if you call out to Jesus, I'm telling you, his blood can forgive you. He'll convict you of your sins. And you can step across that line and see the power of God move into your life. I'm going to tell you, he did it for me and he'll do it for you. You proclaim the good news of Jesus. There's a proclamation that happens in preaching. Now, teaching is important as well. But teaching is convincing. There's a difference that's there. It's it's, it's important. We have to teach. But you know what I find? Maybe it's just a way for me. Maybe it's not for some of you. But if you try and teach me something, you're probably going to bore me to tears. Right, for a while there, it was a big thing, you know. Here, let me let, let me show you in the Romans Road where all the, you know, blah 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 blah. And you go down all those scriptures and all. All I know is I'm lost and lonely. What can I do about that? Okay. I, personally, I think you proclaim it, they accept it, then you start teaching them. Yes. Now, here's what you did. Here's why it happened. This is the, what the blood of Jesus done. Here's how it worked. Here's how the sacrifice worked. And you begin to teach them what they've done. So we have to proclaim, we have to preach. Preaching's important now. Preaching doesn't just happen here behind the holy desk of the Lord. This isn't where preaching happens all the time. Preaching's when you leave this building and you meet anybody. Just about anybody. Chances are they're not saved. Well, Pastor, I need to get to know them to find out if they're already a believer. I'll preach to them anyway. If they're a believer, they'll go, whoop, whoop, I believe you. You begin to preach the word. Tell them about Jesus. Proclaim the good news of his coming. Proclaim it. Put some energy behind it. Smile a little bit. Jesus loves you. If you don't get saved, you're going to hell. I wouldn't necessarily say that, but... Preach the word, 2 Timothy 4.2. Yes. The Apostle Paul is talking to young Timothy. He's talking to his, his disciple. Yes. And he says to him, preach the word. Yes. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. He's telling him, preach the word. Wherever you go, preach the word. When you go to Wawa, preach the word. You ever been standing there filling up your gas tank? And there's somebody right across the little island thingy there? It's a great opportunity. They don't have anywhere to go. (laughs) You know, we're filling up with gas, but let me tell you about Jesus. You know, He filled my life, He changed me, He, He caused my sins to be washed away. Oh, they might get in their car just to avoid you and say, Look at the crazy guy over here, but just preach to them anyway. Preach the word. See, you have to know where you're at. Do you preach? Do you preach? GPS. Go, preach, save. The whole point of sharing the word of the Great Commission is to get people saved. Getting people saved means you need to bring them to a place of decision. It's kinda like have you ever met a salesman that can't sell anything? They can tell you everything about it. But they never say, now do you want to buy it? There's something about bringing people to a place of decision. This is what Jesus did in my life. I was once this. And he brought me out of it. He's done so many things. Do you want to accept Jesus? There's something about bringing people to a place of decision. Not bringing them to a building but a place of decision that they can get saved you say well I don't know how to do that we can teach you it's not very hard but you've got to preach to them in such a way that it brings them to the place to where they want to make that decision see we've got to go we have to go this year the year of activation at NDCC is a year of going It's a year of stepping beyond ourselves and our comfort and what we want and what we like. How many notice it's a little chilly in here today? Right? It's a little bit on the cool side. When I walked in this morning, it was 41 degrees in this building. So if you came for comfort, and that's not normal for any visitors that are here, that's not what we normally do. But we're not here for comfort. We're here to get what we need, to get charged up, Right? You're an electric vehicle. When you're here, we're plugging you in. So that when you go out, you can actually have a little bit of energy and do something. It's all about others. Activation is to activate you to benefit others. It's it's not all about us. The beauty is when we're activated and we're about others, God can bless us. That's just the byproduct. Okay? So we have to go. We have to preach. You have to begin to get something on the inside of you. You say, well, how do I preach? Start at home. Not by preaching to your wife. Preach to yourself. When I learned how to preach, I was in my living room in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I made sure everybody was gone so they didn't think I was crazy. True story. And i'd get in my living room and i'd open my bible and i'd find a scripture and i started preaching to myself i just started preaching i'd preach on prayer i'd preach on salvation i'd preach on blessing i'd preach i just would preach the word i'd walk back and forth that's why i walk people say why do you walk so much it drives the it drives the people back here in the in the room crazy because the little camera has to do this all the time they're trying to follow me up and down the steps and back and forth. Why do I do that? Because when I was in that little living room in Louisiana, I'd walk along and I'd, I'd preach the gospel. I'd preach it to an atmosphere. I was preaching to myself. You learn how to preach by doing it. When I got saved, we used to go all the time street preaching. What street preaching? When we'd find somebody. We'd just preach to them. We'd go downtown to downtown Denver and hop up on a bench. Let me tell you about Jesus, how he wants to set you free. Let me tell you, he wants to move in your life. People are going back and forth to lunch. Jesus can move. Jesus can help you. Nobody does that anymore. Why? Because we've forgotten how to preach. We've forgotten that there's a world that is lost and dying and go to hell. People say, that's not my personality. It's not my personality. <laughs> but it did something in me. It solidified something. It began to cause me to do so. We've got to go. We've got to preach. And we've got to get people saved gotta get people saved. That's the whole point. Jesus said, for this purpose I came. Oh, let me find it here so I'm not making it up to you. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. That's the purpose. That's why we're here as a church. Do we want you to learn how to become a better father, a better mother, a better husband, a better wife, a better child? Yes, we want to do all those things. we want to teach you how to be able to do your finances and how to be able to believe God? Yes, we want to do all those things. We want to teach you all that stuff. But the purpose is that we can, as the body of Christ, become stronger in the things of God so when people come in, they get saved. Because the last thing that I want as a church full of unbelievers, that's just a social club with a cross on the wall. Salvation is the key. Salvation is the key. GPS, do you know where you're at? All these things are measurable. They're all measurable. You know whether you're doing them or not. You know if you're going. You know if you're preaching. And you know if you're getting anyone saved. If you're not, that just means you're on the map here. And this is where you want to go. But when we pray in tongues... Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you take me from my starting point and you make every turn. Every switch, make me follow the speed limits because I don't speed because that's against the law and I'm supposed to follow the law. But Father, you're going to help me to get all the way where I need to go. You're going to bring me around detours. You're going to guide me around the traffic, but you're going to get me where I need to be. You begin to pray in tongues. When you pray in tongues, you transform the inside. You begin to cause this, this creature on the inside of you to transform from who you are to who Christ needs you to be. but you have to identify where you're at and where you're going. What do you want to activate this year? Part of it is the Great Commission. God's looking for souls to be one. You got to tell them. You got to tell them. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around for just a minute. Maybe you're here and you're not saved. You've never asked Jesus into your life or maybe you're backslidden. You once walked with him, but you walked away. Today's your day. People ask me all the time, why do you do do that? Pastor, why do you you end the message with, with an opportunity? Because I explained some things, now I'm giving you the opportunity to respond. Your response is your responsibility, not mine. If you're not saved, you're not right with God, you have an opportunity right now to respond. So if you're here and you're not saved or you're backslidden you're not right with God for any reason but today you want to get your heart right just put your hand up put it up and right back down is there anyone at all in this building amen God sees this hand you can put it down is there anyone else who wants to join this one anyone else we're gonna to stand to our feet some of you recognized Amen. if you first if you raise your hand can you come Would you mind coming? We're going to have somebody come and pray for you over here on the side. Some of you, in this sermon, you recognize that you're really not obeying the Great Commission. It's not the Great Suggestion. Jesus didn't say if you feel like it, if you want to, if you'd like to, if you have the right gifting, and all these kind of things. Jesus said, go ye. You are a ye. Ye means you. Ye means me. If you're born again, the Great Commission means you're supposed to go and tell people about Jesus. You're going to do it with your flair, but you're supposed to bring them to that place of decision, telling them that Jesus loves them, and then give them an opportunity to get their heart right. We're going to stand to our feet. If you want prayer, you can come. I can't pray for you and make you do it, You're the one that has to step out. Let's stand. Let's just worship God. These altars are open. Activation. The year of activation. I'm so excited about this word for this year. Activation. 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 Activate the great commission in your life. There's souls and opportunities everywhere. Everywhere, especially up here in the Northeast. Up here, they don't lie to you and tell you they're saved. They just cuss you out. That's a great opportunity to get them saved. Activated, I'm telling you, God's going to do such great things. We, as the people of God, speak the word wherever we're at. In season and out of season. Preach the word. Tell them about Jesus. Amen. Even if they don't want it. Hallelujah. God wants to do such great things. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you, Father, that you're activating the gifts in us this year. That, Father, you're going to use us like you've never used us before. Let us be a beacon, not a little wimpy nightlight, but, Father, a beacon, a light that shines in the middle of darkness, Father, that as we go, that our light touches the life of men and women and that they get saved and give their lives to Jesus. Be with us this week. Guide us and protect us. Bless us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor David Verdecchio of New Destiny Christian Center. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com.